You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door no bs is allowed we keep it 100 so today shikari shikari richardson is left off the olympic team and even off the relays and emmanuel acho had a lot to say about it and we will chronicle and timeline his evolution on this Uh, And also, Kim Kardashian is making an appearance at the Olympics. She's all up in it. Skims is providing the leisure wear for the Olympic Games. And I I love it. I love it. The Kardashians are America. Um, Chris Paul absolutely tried to steal the finals MVP away from DeAndre Ayton last night. He ripped it away on the last rebound, uh, ensuring that he would not have a 2020 game. Um, Kurt Warner has a movie coming out, a documentary about his life. Uh, We got a preview of it. Uh, Kurt, um, Mike Pompeo, he makes a statement about the history of America, which makes absolute no sense to me and i can't understand why people actually buy this and of course canceler consequence and the best of social media um you guys can get a hold of us i'm mad i am mad at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text 818-293-7547 that's 818-293-7547 so ralph we will start at the fact that the ioc and U.S. Olympic Committee have not allowed Shakari Richardson to run at the Tokyo Olympics, even though, even though, if you are that the relay race, uh, that the people on the team, that it is determined by the Olympic Committee, it's at their discretion. She had a 30 day ban, she's the fastest woman in America. She was going to be able to run in all the relays and then they left her off the team. I hate this so much, Ralph. I think that this is stupid. It is like, are you not trying to win a medal? Are you not trying to win a medal? You you leave the this was the America's best chance at a gold medal in what? Oh, like damn near two decades. For the women. And nope, nope, just throw it out. The, just throw it on out. And in the individual and then in the relay, bro, without the fastest woman in the country, you might as well forget about winning. I, I, I hate this, Ralph, and I think it's terrible. I'm with you. I don't think she did anything wrong in the first place. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that are very, very upset on her behalf. She believes that she did something wrong, at least based on her statements. Um, I didn't know that rule was a rule. I found out from Shakiri Richardson getting a 30 day suspension 
And then I think that it's fair to debate the merits of, of the rule. And it's also fair to acknowledge that the person that we're all going to bat for has said that she understands the consequence and knew what she was doing was wrong in, um, at the time that she was doing it. I don't care for the idea that she gets left off completely when she would supposedly be able to run, um, by, by like 10 days. Yes. Like 10 days off her suspension is when the 100 meter relay is. She has the sixth fastest time in the 100 ever, I believe. Yeah. Or at least she did in April. I don't know if she turned around and, and, and beat that. Um, we should be sending our best. And we're not. We're not. So uh, if somebody wants to provide a reason why we're not sending our best when we have the opportunity to do so, even when the suspension is cleared. Um, I would love to hear it. It's cause she's, I would absolutely love Ralph. to hear it. She's a, she's, <laughs> she's a, she's a drug addict crack hole, Ralph. That's why. I, I mean, that, that it, it makes no sense that that was the outrageousness of my statement. No, she's not any of that. She's the, the sixth fastest time ever. She's an elite athlete. She's been, she's never tested positive for any other substance. And she tested positive for a substance that could possibly slow her down. And it's still that damn fast. So so this brings up the conversation about should the rules have been changed for her in this circumstance? We've already discussed on prior episodes whether the, the rule is stupid or not. And we agreed that it's a terrible rule. But it is the rule right now. So that's, yes, there is some punishment. But we didn't discuss the idea of the fact that they could have changed the rule. And I know that this is an IOC rule, which would have affected every other competitor in the world. But, I mean, like, it's got to stop somewhere, right? There just shouldn't have been a suspension. It should have been clean test and you're in. That's it. You're in. You're in. You're in. Clean (laughs) test and you're in. No, she should have been able to piss clean and run. Yep. The end. I don't understand the time period associated with this. You should prep as though other people are going to run. And if she has a clean test, then that's the end of it. I, the time period is the thing that I don't understand. It's so arbitrary. That's the thing that we could change immediately. Yep. Immediately that if somebody tests positive for THC, then they will regain their eligibility when they do not. Correct. Even if you have to, and and for a normal person, it does stay in their system about 30 days. But if you're an elite athlete and you're training at that level, like you could be down to as little as two weeks. Right. If you don't have any fat cells for the THC to hang (laughs) out in, and she doesn't. Right. No, I... How 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 long would it would it stay in in our system right now? Oh man, uh, you need carbon dating. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have a lot of places for it to go hang out for sure. Yeah. I've I, I've upped I've upped my hydration a little bit. Even though <laughs> before we started the podcast, I thought that I grabbed a uh, I thought that I grabbed um, a seltzer water. Bro, this is a Smirnoff zero sugar berry lemonade. 
At what point did you realize that you had grabbed an alcohol, a, a female alcoholic beverage? Oh, first taste. First taste. I don't, I, I don't think alcohol has a gender uh, unless it's like the, you know, like skinny girl vodka and it's just got girl right there in the name. Um, but yeah, no, the first taste, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so now the question is how much of it have you, have you consumed? I'm two sips in, but you and I are both getting over a head cold. Uh, somehow passed it to each other from 2,300 miles away. And so I like, I need something to lubricate the vocal cords as we go. So I guess we're drinking on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. It's technically five o'clock here for me. Oh, you're true. I'm, I'm East Coast time. So, yeah, I'm, so you're, we're good. Yeah. So you're good. Um, but. <laughs> But this discussion bled over into other people who've had some fantastic takes about Shikari Richardson. And that includes a man that I like a lot um, in Emmanuel Acho. Listen, even even players mess up and I genuinely like him. I think he's doing great work out in the world. He's doing he's doing the guy. He's doing the Lord's work. Um, But. On this uh, Shakari Richardson situation, he absolutely swung and missed. Ralph has has the timestamps and the timeline on what he said. Okay, so uh, Emmanuel Acho, he has been very helpful, I, I think, to fostering conversations in society that we need to have right now. Um, he, he's an interesting guy because he. He got into football. It's kind of the family thing. His brother Sam is somebody who played for the Cardinals. Um, I think maybe more than once. Uh, and and you know Emmanuel, he didn't he didn't play much uh, beyond college, but he has really found his voice in media. And he uh, he basically gave people an avenue to ask questions and he had the un- uncomfortable conversation with a black man, which Oprah came in and helped him turn into a book. He's on Speak for Yourself. Um, with a guy I think you known for a really long time in Marcel Wiley, and so, yeah. um, so anyway, he he's been he he's been ha- having a lot of success the last couple of years. But as you and I both know, just because you talk for a living doesn't mean that you know everything about everything. Correct. And so when Shakari Richardson got suspended, he started firing off some of the weirdest takes, and it's just been a roller coaster. I've almost I've almost just exclusively been paying attention to what he's been saying on this just because it's been so all over the place. The first thing that he did was basically say, like, hey, rules are rules. You wouldn't want somebody high throwing a javelin in the Olympics, <laughs> would you? <laughs> Which uh, people struggled to digest. <laughs> what like, be- wait, wait, what partner? <laughs> like, wait, what? What do you mean you wouldn't want anybody throwing a javelin high? Of course you wouldn't want anybody throwing a javelin high. But at the same time, nobody's going to be throwing a javelin high. They aren't going to be high when they go compete. And everybody was like, they got on them. And I, never mind, I interrupted you. Let me let, let you finish telling this story. So <laughs> anyway, he, he was Twitter's main character. And I guess that's what this brings us into cancel or consequence, right? Yes. Now it is time for cancel or consequence. Do we need to cancel? Cancel. cancel, cancel, or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Yes, and so he became Twitter's main character for what was a fascinating 
fascinating take in that, like, oh, you want to let Shakiri Richardson smoke weed to cope with her mom dying? And then what happens if somebody's got a javelin in their high? And it's just it, it, that was a, it, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. Uh, everybody had something to say about it. And uh, and I, I think I just replied to him. I was like, what? <laughs> what? What are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> and and then from there, it got weirder. He implied that she was dumb. Uh, in a July 1st tweet, he said, Sprinting phenom Shakira Richardson is allegedly suspended from the Olympics for marijuana use. Suspending athletes for smoking weed in 2021 is dumb. Smoking weed knowing you'll be drug tested is also dumb. I'm not sure which is dumber. So, I mean, that that was the wrong direction uh, yes. to take this. And then... Because so many people reached out to him and were like, hey, I don't think you have any experience with THC or marijuana whatsoever. Oh, it's clear. Um, it, it's yeah, clear. I, he's never I, smoked weed. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if he's never smoked weed, but he does not have he's not um, nuanced in the in the conversation. I'd be willing to also guess he's never thrown a javelin. Yes. <laughs> but so then, then we get to July 2nd and it's like, okay, you had some time to reflect on the direction that you're taking this conversation. Somebody who fosters uncomfortable conversations for a living. And he decides to come out and say like, look, it's not that she got suspended for a performance enhancing drug. She got suspended for a performance sustaining drug. If if THC helps you heal physically quicker or emotionally helps you not have to deal directly with some of the grief that you're feeling, then the drugs actually keep you from getting worse. Everybody around you is getting worse because they have to deal with life and you've numbed yourself. Um, so I, I think that he took the position that weed was like cortisol. <laughs> okay, so sometimes see he ran into this situation where, you know, sometimes you you do this sometimes, and which is sometimes you take things too literally. Like he took it word for word, as opposed to um, he was letter of the law, not spirit of the law guy in in this situation because you know it's it he was like the guy, you know, twenty years ago if you would say. Yo, man, that dude is bad. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, he, he called him bad. He said it was terrible. He said he sucked. <laughs> and you're like, no, he said he was bad. Like, bad, like good. You're like, I don't understand. Bad is bad. Is bad. And, <laughs> or you're like, yo, that dude's dope. You're like, he's dope. Is, is he high right now? <laughs> like, no, man, he's fresh. Oh, he, uh, did he get out of the shower? Like, I don't understand. So. <laughs> This is a he's getting roasted at this point daily. And and it's one of those things where, all right, it's very obvious that Emmanuel Acho is not the world's leading authority on the effects of THC on, on high performance athletes. But because so many people are in his mentions about it and because he's receiving attention, he decided to try to make himself uh, both more educated and the source for actual information. So we get to July 3rd and he pleads with people that if you're actually angry, Here's an email address where you can reach out to the World Anti-Doping Agency. And beyond that, he doubles down again that cannabis is performance enhancing. Performance enhancing. And he, he put out part of the report that said that it can alter the perception of risk. Uh, it can um, and that it can decrease anxiety, fear, depression and tension. 
So because it can de- decrease anxiety and fear, even though the same thing that he Soak put out yoga, right? Even though the same thing that he put out also said that like it also messes up your senses very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. and then so okay, so then we get to July fifth, two days later, where he comes out and he quotes Aristotle in saying that, look, you guys might be shaming me like crazy, but Aristotle says, and he um. He, I'm pretty sure he misspelled Aristotle. He said, there's only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. He's right, so what though. he's saying is the only reason that anybody's mad at him right now is because he's talking. Just because he's talking. Not that he's saying the incorrect thing and that it's actually they're trying to address a very specific knowledge gap in him. It's that he's getting criticized just because he has a platform, period. Yep. And I don't know. I don't know about that. Yes, Exactly. But then it led. Oh, well, go on. Well, so then so then he comes out and he says, thank you to everyone for shaming his opinion on weed after several days of doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. And he puts out a video now as a self-educated man on the criminalization of marijuana in America. Thank you all for shaming me and my opinion of weed on social media because you shamed me into challenging myself and doing more research. Yes, weed should be legalized federally in the United States, but primarily because the only reason it was ever made illegal was because of a racist dude and his racism. Harry Anslinger, 1930, he was appointed the director of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And get this dude's train of thought. Quote, reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. Close quote. Quote, there are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in America, primarily Hispanics, Negroes, entertainers, and Filipinos. This marijuana usage causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and others. The only reason Harry Amslinger wanted to ban marijuana usage was because he was racist. He He ignored 29 out of 30 pharmacists who submitted to him that marijuana has no negative attributes. He ignored Dr. Bromberg, who examined 2,200 criminals. And of the 2,200 criminals he examined, he did not find a correlation between their criminal activity and their marijuana usage. Harry Amslinger ignored all of that, but this is really the tipping point. Harry Amslinger, during the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act, he presented to Congress a story, one of his gore stories. His gore stories was a police report, and he would take a police report, and he would take the most heinous crime, sexual or violent, and he would attribute that crime to marijuana usage. Research showed that all of these stories were fake as it pertained to the usage of marijuana. He presented one of those stories to Congress in 1937, helped pass the Marijuana Tax Act. My coach in college, he told me, listen to the message, not the tone. I guess that's applicable on social media as well. I ain't gonna be lighting up my first blunt anytime soon, but I appreciate y'all shaming me this time. So he admitted he's never smoked a blunt. (laughs) A smoke the okay. bowl or anything else. He also pulled the Kyrie, which was he he, he learned something five minutes uh, ago and then uh, spoke on it as if he was an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, but I appreciate him because most people have not heard that. And I think that there will be a percentage of the population that will 
take what what he said and say, okay, cool. He gave us good knowledge because he is a trustworthy guy. So, and and you know that he actually did some research on this. There's going to be that portion of people. And then there's going to be the portion of people like me and you who are going to be like, wait, hold on. Let's let's Google this. Let's find out more information about it. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think uh, there was part of it that was educational. And part of it that was helpful because the attention is his way. And I think for the most part, his mentions have just been like, hey, thank thank you. But that was five days of nonsense before we got to this point. Um, Hey, as long as long as you get better late than never, but never late is better. So was he saying that he that he had that he faced a consequence because he said he was shamed. So he's saying that he faced a consequence or is he saying that he that cancel culture helped him? come around on this issue because the other thing that he did in that video that i'm still giggling about a couple of days later is he kept talking about how a guy ignored all the evidence to go out and say wild stuff that ultimately was harmful for people (laughs) and i was like oh crazy sounds like someone else (laughs) (laughs) hey dude uh, even players mess up See, I'm not I'm not mad at him. I am not mad at Emmanuel Acho at all, because there have been some things that even I when you have to talk for a living every single day and people ask you about things. Sometimes you have a thought on something and then you're like, oh, shit, I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. But at least he had the courage, the 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 character to be like, all right, look, I messed up on this. That's the part that I'm in with. I'm in okay. with a guy who can do that. And that's why I think that you're an optimist and why I like you, because there's part of me that's like, oh, there was no sixth place to take this. <laughs> <laughs> that he ran out of, he ran out of options. Yeah, because he's not he's not a willfully ignorant person. Yeah, correct. A willfully ignorant person would say, uh, get woke, go broke while all the woke people count their cash. <laughs> that's what they would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Clay Travis, he's talking to you <laughs> and anybody who listens. Oh, but, hey, what's uh, that? What's that stat? If you invested one million dollars in Nike on the day that they announced their partnership with Colin Kaepernick, their job killing, stock killing, brand destroying partnership with Colin Kaepernick, you would have one point eight six million dollars today. Hey, hey, get woke, go broke me like that, please. I will. I will take it. Get woke, go broke my whole portfolio. Please, I'm begging you. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High Five Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. 
That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, The next thing up is Kim Kardashian is at the Olympics. She is like Americana, right? Like she's become Americana. She's created a brand in the last few years of leisure wear called Skims. It started out in as what is the what are the undergarments? Oh, Spanx. So they started out like Spanx where they were making compression, form-fitting, the way stuff looks better under your actual clothes. The way it keeps the, the, the creases, the tucks, all of that stuff, the way you look good in your stuff. And then they have expanded over into leisure wear with soft, comfortable stuff you can lay around in, in the house. And now they're outfitting the entire U.S. Olympic party with skims. And... I'm like, this is the, she is the American dream. Like she turned a sex tape with Ray J. Like, I'm like, I saw her in high school. I went to high school with her. This, and to see this evolution is like pretty incredible. I'm not mad at this. Do you think, so there's this theory out there and I I feel like I subscribe to it somewhat, especially when I go into the grocery store aisles and it's been 20 something years and I still see princess die on half of the covers every single time. Um, But do you think that she and the rest of her family got to where they were because as much as America doesn't want to be England, we still want a royal family? Hmm. Do you think that we created our own essentially like royal family in America because that's 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 the Kennedys, right? First, it was the Kennedys. Right, but they don't stay alive. Correct. And now it's the Kardashians. Like the Car- I, I don't know if we need a royal family, but we have adopted them. And the, the crazy part about the Kardashians is that uh, Drake has a saying in a song, a line, line in a song. He says, um, how, basically said, however long the public chooses to love you, it'll never be your decision. And we have, as a country, and the world on a lot of fronts, have decided that the Kardashians are important and that we like them. And I think it's their their authenticity and their complete vulnerability that people have attracted themselves to. They are pretty, and they made themselves prettier. They have, you know, they've taken up causes. They care about things. You know, they they've had... And they've put their negative things on Front Street, too. Because a lot of families, it's let's cover up all the mess. Let's cover up the cheating, cover up the drugs, cover up the lying, cover up the all all of this. 
but we're we're into drama. Like, how can you not like the drama of, oh, Kim has a sex tape. She got married, got divorced, got married, got divorced, got married and got divorced again. Um, now she has kids. She's taking the bar. She's advocating for four people. Her sisters have dated everybody in the industry. They have. So that adds attention. Go, Oh, she, but her biggest move was dating Reggie Bush because Reggie Bush was more famous than she was at the time. So then, and then when she, there was the, and then when she got with Kanye, Kanye was so big. So it's only magnified. Like there have been very strategic decisions that have, and I don't think that there was anything purposeful in it. I think that this is who they fell in love with blah, and all of that. But I do think that it has ele- uh, other, uh, otherwise Chloe wouldn't have got with Tristan Thompson. She would have got with somebody else. But then, um, but then the one sister gets with Travis Scott helps elevate his career with the, with Astro world. And now they're, I think back together. I don't know what the hell's going on, but then you add in the Bruce Jenner. Now, Caitlyn Jenner stuff. It's literally on front street and people, it's like a train wreck and people are like, I want more. Do you think it's like a train wreck or do you think people see elements of their own nonsense in it and, and appreciate the shamelessness. That's the train that wreck. it takes that to keep everybody's stepping. family is a train wreck on some level. That oh, and that you for have sure, <laughs> continuously step in landmines. I think, yeah, I, I think that there is something admirable about being shameless. Um, I think that I think that it's a superpower in today's day and age. We talk about cancel or consequence all the time. If you're uncancelable and you're not a sociopath, right? Like if you're, if you're uncancelable, if you don't feel or experience shame, you can go a long way in this life. I think that that was, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that our previous president is, is anything to aspire to as far as, you know, just wanting people to know his own name and his past way before he was, um, ever president, um, both in business with not paying contractors and with and and with and with women and all that stuff. Nothing. This is not a political conversation. This is about how somebody got to be where they were through self promotion and shamelessness. And I think that it, it goes to show that if you can't be shamed, you can't be stopped, because so many people have tried to use that as their weapon of choice. Yeah, but aren't they shamed though? Like you, you, you see them crying on TV. They they mess up. They get in fights with their sister, and then they make up. And then the stuff with Rob and Black China. Like it's just constant drama. Okay, and they feed. And it, I think the shamelessness is the willingness to let it all be out there. Because right, right, that that's the shamelessness and not the same shamelessness of just having no conscience. Yeah. And I would say that I feel shackled by the idea of shame, not for myself. You know, I don't think that there's anything anybody can say or, or do to me that I haven't thought or hasn't already been done. But I do worry about other people in my ecosphere. Um experiencing shame because of something that I did like that. That's my biggest worry is that like um, how I represent my family and my wife and my kids and stuff like that. Um, But also like, I'm also not out there 
going wild and and doing crazy things and putting myself in a position where something could leak or you know or 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 be out there that would cause me to have to go into that mode but i think that some people just run into a situation where they have so much of that going on that you have no other choice but to just keep moving right so you, on, you just got to put one foot in front scale. of the other so if the kardashians and trump are a 10 on the shame scale right Granted, for for different reasons that we just explained, if they're both a 10 in being willing to be shameless, where do you rank on the shame scale? Individually? Yeah. I don't think that there is anything anybody could say or do worse than I, that that already is already in my own head. So, uh, but, but because I care about my wife's opinion, because I don't want like someone to approach my dad on the street and say something to him that he wouldn't understand, you know, like those type of things I actually care about a great, great, great deal. But if it was just me alone in this world without, I mean, you and I probably talk about this uh, 20 times a week of like what I would do if it wasn't for the positive influences in my life is X. See, and you see, always get a kick out of that scenario. Low. I think you're very low on the shame scale. Very low. Because you of, think what, so? of, of what just happened with Arizona State, I think that you are very low on the shame scale. Yeah, I just, I, I, um, yeah, we, so we put out some information on Arizona State, stuff that was we knew was going to happen before it ever happened. And I had some people call me upset because I had alluded to the idea that one of the things that had yet to come out was the idea that Arizona State was actually involved with the local media in some form or fashion in covering up the idea that 30 plus recruits could come and visit the school and that the reporters that cover that specific subject wouldn't know a thing. Right. That was taken as me implicating those people and not me announcing that there is a behind the scenes accusation that has yet to be reported by some of these same people who cover uh, the, the, the program. Right. Yeah. And that and, and I realized that that hurt people's feelings and I felt bad that hurt people's feelings. But it's also still true. Yeah. That still exists like behind the scenes. And I also have personal experience with the Arizona state program trying to get me to change articles and stuff like that, that would make the program look better and not get them in trouble. And, and this isn't the current staff that I'm talking about, but like I have this same experience of where I've been approached and say like, Hey, if a recruit said this, you need to take that out of your article. Like I, I know for a fact that that exists and happens all over the country, especially with people who were involved in recruiting. They have coaches request that things are done to keep them from getting in trouble because not every reporter knows every single rule that you can't shake a kid's hand when you stop by their high school. And so if you get a quote from a kid that says he came to my high school and he shook my hand and you include the full quote in your story, then you are implicating the program in a recruiting violation. Right. Yeah. So like I've been in that scenario multiple times where I've had the program reach out to me and say, you need to change this. And I have refused. Right. So, but, but what I'm saying is I absolutely know that the programs in some way, shape or form try to influence the way some of these things are reported. 
Yep. So this accusation exists in the background. I acknowledged it before I should have. It hurt people's feelings, and I felt bad for those people. I don't feel bad for myself. Yeah. Okay. okay. You don't agree. Where Where do you Where do you think I rank on the shame scale? Um. It depends on who it is. If if <laughs> what's that phrase? If you don't feed me or uh f me or whatever else like then you can move along yeah like i think i i think that it's similar in that there are people in your life i think your parents opinion matters very much to you yeah i think your family matters very much to you i think that if the university of oregon turned on you the way that the the asu did me the other week i don't think you'd enjoy that very much yeah uh, it doesn't bother me when Nebraska does it. It doesn't bother you when Florida goes after you for an entire year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I would just say that it, the, the Kardashians seem to do a really good job of brushing that stuff off, whether it's Taylor Swift or a sex tape or a sex change or, you know, a dating a celebrity or getting pregnant out of uh, out of wedlock or a divorce or carving up your 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 face or getting an ass implant or whatever else it is which i don't necessarily think that you should feel ashamed about any of those things i think it's unnatural for the public to know this much stuff about you yes um but i don't know weren't we talking about the olympics i'm so lost right (laughs) now i was like ralph got got sidetracked with arizona state he was like "Ah, i gotta get it out (laughs) i'm in the woods right now all right um the next thing up is we had the NBA Finals game one last night. My Phoenix Suns, 118-105 against up one game to zero. And yes, they are my adopted Phoenix Suns. This team is super easy. I I said on Twitter that the Phoenix Suns are super easy to root for. CP3, old CP3. I'm not talking about dirty kick people in the nut CP3. I'm talking about old CP3 who's clearly been through, you know, he's been Sisyphus pushing the NBA rock up the up the hill trying to get to the championship only when he gets to the top. Oh, hamstring. Oh, wrist. Oh, this. Oh, that. Just always something, right? He almost busted his ankle last night. Yes. And Devin Booker, who's a, a humble guy, but he's a dog. DeAndre Ayton, who people thought sucked and now is good. And... Cam Johnson, the the arrest of them dudes, Jake Jay Crowder's not easy to root for. Campaign is not easy to root for. Um, oh, and you know who's the most difficult to root for, even though I think he's probably a good guy? Mikhail yeah. Bridges. I hate oh, his face. Oh, I don't know now. what it is about those pouty lips that bugs me. <laughs> his nickname is probably the funniest thing in the world. Noodles. Yeah, because his long ass arms and legs. No, no, he's a he, he's a baller though, and he seems like a nice guy. But it's the pouty lips that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm like, ah, get him off the screen. All right, well, if you don't like Mikhail, you're not really a Suns fan anyway. So we can just move past you calling yourself a Suns fan. Um, takeaways from last night's game: number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo is not human. <laughs> No, he got here. He's a mutant who got here on one of them UFOs that the government will not says that they don't know what they are. That's how he got here. He he did a couple of things last night. Um, the the trailing block was unreal. Uh, he bullied Aiton down low once or twice, which was 
like on that knee he was doing that i saw a video of him walking around the team hotel the night before that some random sons fan had shot he was limping in slides and he went out there and he he didn't dominate but he was the best player on the court for stretches and the most athletic which made no sense to me well i mean he was still laboring around but it wasn't like it wasn't full Giannis. it was only like 85 percent Giannis, which is such a physical freak that he's still freakier than everybody else do you feel like he played tentative because i don't think he did until after that block shot yeah i would i I would agree with that yeah, yeah, no, he did not play tentative before that. But that's the thing I like about Giannis's mentality. His whole mentality is like, fuck it. I can't I can't shoot. I'm gonna shoot anyway. Um I can't make free throws and you're gonna keep counting. I'm gonna keep shooting him the way, you know, I'm gonna keep doing it. He's mentally strong enough to fight through some of this stuff, which actually makes me like Giannis way more. I think uh, two other things that stood out to me. One, that crowd was nuts. Like that was that that was cool to see, and I'm really really yeah. happy for all my people back in Arizona. Um, that our looked people, like a our people, our, <laughs> our people. Yeah, that looked like once in a lifetime experience um, out there at the Nameless Arena, which is pretty funny that they don't even have an arena sponsor. Um, they have really become a poverty franchise over the last decade. What, Someone's going to come what, in and pay it? big bucks, though. It was talking resort. It used to be America West Arena. Then I think it was like American. And then it was uh, two different casinos. And I think this year it's does not have that is poverty franchise at its greatest. And the other thing is Drew Holiday really gets away with having some very poor shooting nights. And I think it does. And people just gloss over gloss over. Yes. Yes. Like. He the, multiple times in this playoffs, he's had games where he went like three for twenty. Yes, like he got to make shots, or they're going to go down quick. And I do believe they're going to win a couple of games. I do. That, they look like a really good team to me, dude. So they are clearly talented. They are in a. So he's on a four-year, hundred and thirty-four million dollar contract extension, dude. He's making forty million dollars. Well, his extension has him at over forty million dollars a year. Right. Their team payroll is 109. Yeah. So they're so they're it's paying like 13 million more than Phoenix. Yeah. So I I just don't I think that Drew Holiday, like everybody talks about how good he is, but the public doesn't recognize him as a star player the way that people inside the league do. So I think that that leads to him getting a pass on stuff like that because he feels he behaves more like a role player, like on and off the court. But, well, I say I should say off the court, the way he handles himself. But on the court, he's not a superstar, but he's clearly super good, Like it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they had Devin Booker on him, and Devin Booker is not where he wants to be defensively quite yet. And Drew Holiday is faster than him, I think. And and uh, I didn't see Devin Booker really closing out a lot of those gaps. He was missing open shots is the point that I'm trying yeah. to make. If he has another game like that and they go down 0-2. Okay, um, R- Ralph, here is the thing is that the the reason why the Bucks can't win is because the Bucks are coached by Mike Budenholzer. 
He's a liability to them winning a championship. I hear everybody say this over and over and over again. His and just here they are. They yes, because the Nets got hurt. The 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 Hawks would have won that series had Trey Young not gotten gotten hurt too. So they so yes, they're they're here, but it feels more because of injury than because of him. Like the, they took the Nets to seven games, and the Nets had one superstar and a quarter of another one. Like it's it, it's just that should be enough. That should be enough. That's what the Bucks have. No, no, that's enough. not what the Bucks have. The Bucks have uh, three All Stars on their team uh, in Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday, and then they also have. Um, uh, Oafman, <laughs> they have Big Brook Lopez, they have some role players. Like it, it's a very well built team. It, I know that you are sensitive about Mike Bootenholzer, but no, it has nothing to do with him being an Arizona boy. It has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that he's a two time coach of the year, and that everybody just keeps screaming the same thing over and over again. That he doesn't make adjustments. That he doesn't make adjustments. That he doesn't make adjustments. Look how many times they've been down 0-1 and then came back. Like obviously it's something is happening. So talented, dude. It's not because of it. it. It is, it is in spite of him. If you if you were to switch coaches, I asked Ryan's Hollins this last night on my show on Mad Dog. I asked um who was it? Oh Lord. I asked a couple other NBA players as well. What would happen if you switch coaches? They were like the Bucks would win this series, bro. And I don't agree. And well, I don't agree. Be- because I- if you put Mike Budenholzer on the Suns, they're not going to do the same thing. But if you put Mike Budenholzer on the Suns and he's really that bad of a coach, you don't think that Chris Paul is going to take over? Like, I don't think the Bucks have that. I don't yeah. think the Bucks also have a coach on the floor. Yeah, but anyways, but the the other thing is, though, Chris Paul tried to steal DeAndre Ayton's MVP last night on that last rebound. DeAndre That's Jordan, a, such De, a weird take. DeAndre Ayton had 22 points, 19 rebounds. Everybody else on the team knew, and you know it because you saw the reaction when Chris Paul grabbed that re, re, rebound. How did everybody else on the team react, Ralph? <laughs> How did everybody react? I'm not I'm not getting I'm not going to help plant the seeds of an internal civil war. No, I'm just asking, how did how did everybody react when Chris Paul grabbed that rebound? It was a non-consequential rebound. Huh? Right. They wanted Aiton to have his Ricky Davis moment. So so everybody knew. Right. Right. And Chris Paul grabbed the rebound because Chris Paul. He, he is the SEC right now. He just wants it more. He wants the ring. He wants the trophy. That's He's fine. like, everything's coming with me. And granted, I don't think that there's going to be any internal struggle. I think that Chris is going to buy, buy him a watch or something, and he'll be, he'll be happy. But a, as an apology. But 2020 in a playoff game, that would have been – he would have been in the record books for that. He already, I think they said like 20 and 15 in your first NBA Finals appearance. It's just him and Kareem. Um, How about 2020? It might have just been him. (laughs) Here's what I'll say. It's very obvious to anybody who watches the Suns that DeAndre Ayton is hitting another gear. He knows his role. 
He's taking five less shots a game this year than he was last year. His average dropped from like 17 to 14 in the regular season. He doesn't really shoot after the first quarter's over, yeah. which is infuriating sometimes, especially when the Suns are losing. He likes to go out, go five for six in the first quarter and finish seven for eight. Well, because <laughs> yeah, they don't get him the ball after that. And also, and he nobody to go fouls to the free throw him. line. Right. No, Nobody he just him. doesn't go toward contact. Is what he goes he is. straight up and down. He goes straight yeah. up and down on defense, which is what keeps him out of foul trouble, which I appreciate. It's also what keeps him from having like elevated shot blocking numbers. Yeah, um, but you can still tell he is a presence on defense, especially yeah, on the perimeter, which is what wild Rudy for a guy Gobert wishes he was. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> he can he can defend the perimeter a lot better than Rudy Gobert can. Um, but he's he's not a shot blocker. He goes straight up and down on offense and defense. He averages like two free throws a game, which is insane for somebody who is kind of a traditional 90s yes. center. Um, but he's definitely – it doesn't matter if he went 30 and 30. He still wasn't the best player on the court. This is a this is Chris Paul's series. The whole thing belongs that's to him at why, this moment. And that's also why if I were a Suns fan – if I were a Bucks fan, I would be <laughs> – If you were a Suns fan? <laughs> if, I were, if I were a Bucks fan, I would be completely discouraged because – it's not like anybody played great last night. Chris Chris Paul just hit 15 footers, which he's going to do 12 for 19, which he'll do yeah. every time. Devin Booker didn't shoot well. N- nobody else. Uh, Jay Crowder was a zero on offense. Um, <laughs> Over nine with one point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, literally a zero. So nobody else on the Suns played well offensively and you still won convincingly. That would scare me. Um. But the next thing up, though, the next thing up, this is a a frustrating topic for me because Mike Pompeo, former director of the CIA, former secretary of state, he said, if we teach that the founding of the United States of America was somehow flawed, it was corrupt, it was racist, that's really dangerous. It strikes at the very foundation of our country. I think that there's a lot of people who agree with him. And that's why the history books are full of lies and bullshit. And I believe that that's exactly why we are in the position that we're in. It's because people some kind of way believe that if you actually tell the truth and are honest about the history of the country, that that will somehow impact people's love or desire to be uh, feel good about their country. And it's like, no, have you never seen a therapy session? No, it's the lies and the, and the secrets that actually cause more stress and drama in families or relationships than the truth does. The truth does force you to deal with some tough things, but then at the end, you can say, yo, they did the best they could. It was bad. It wasn't what I needed, but look, we can move forward and actually build a really good relationship and situation going forward. It's the not acknowledging and not telling the truth that makes people divided and feel bad about the country. It's not the actual history. You can say that slavery was was shit and that it shouldn't have happened and that people were not treated fairly, equally or have equity in the country 
and that this is going on for so long and that we actually built systems to oppress people and to keep them down, even though that more there are more black and brown millionaires, there's more opportunity, all of that. But better is not good. I'm sorry. Good is not good enough when better is expected. So this idea is just, Ralph, it makes my, it is mind-blowingly stupid to me because it's, it's the secrets that cause more issue than the actual truth does. Yeah, I just, I always try to make sure that when somebody says something absolute like that, that you try to have them address things um, that are specific. Right. So, yes, most clear minded, even morally askew people believe slavery is wrong, that it was always wrong, though they justify it being um, a normality of the time. Oh, like Tom Cotton said, it's a necessary. It was a necessary for the republic. And then you have people who really, really don't want to feel any type of way about it. And they'll tell you, well, it's Africans that sold them like that's that's the road that we end up going down every single time um, in a conversation like this. And and so I always try to get into specifics. Okay, so George Washington, very obviously great man, first president of the United States. I think he started his term um, 13 years after the the Declaration of Independence was signed. he brought with him to uh, New York, which I think was the capital at the time. It, well, it wasn't D.C. He brought with him several slaves. Yep. One of the slaves that he brought with him was named Ona Judge. And Ona Judge was 16 at the time. And I think upon completion or close to completion of George Washington's presidential term, Martha wanted to give Ona Judge, give away a human being give Ona Judge to her niece. Her niece was a bitch and abusive. And Ona Judge said, nope. (laughs) And she left. George Washington spent the rest of his life hunting her down. So I will talk to Mike Pompeo and say like, hey, so what do we think of this? What, What do we think of our first president a great military leader, a believer in American ideals, somebody who, unlike your former boss, voluntarily seceded power so that we could have a transition, not be England, really put into place a lot of the principles of what makes it incredible to be an American. What do we think of him, not just as a slave owner, but someone who hunted a runaway slave for the entirety of his days? Yes. Um, Because that slave didn't want to get beat to death by his niece. What do we say about that? Was that a flaw? Was that something that we, we just excuse as being of the time? Or can we admit that we have to live in the tension that our founders and the builders of this country had vices, things that they were very familiar with the Bible. They were very familiar with abolitionism. They were very familiar with all of the causes of the time And they were willful about deciding to stay in that place. Can we just look at that and say, could have done it different. That's it. That's all you have to say is could have done that thing different. But we want to believe that the founding of our country was divine providence. Here's the thing about the founders. They didn't agree on anything. They hated each other's guts. 
and the entire setup of our country was a compromise. They weren't on the same team. They didn't believe any of the same things. They were as vicious to each other then as we are today, only when somebody talked shit the way that Ted Cruz and AOC do on Twitter, they would actually go pull guns, go to yes. New Jersey. You got to go see about you. You got right. to go see about me. You're going to talk that shit. Yeah, so, but, but they weren't yeah. they weren't friendly like th- this idea. That was the whole that, idea for the states is that the states were essentially going to be acting like their own countries. But then but they were just going to be collectively working together in case somebody tried to overthrow them or uh, take their land or something like that. It, it was, And then most of the first 50 years of our country were them making adjustments based on the fact that they they didn't set up a perfect union in the first place. I mean, if you really think about this, right, if you were founding America now with everything that we know, because they couldn't have imagined it would grow to 300 plus million people. Like, I I mean, every system that we have in place is band-aided up because it wasn't set up properly because nobody would thought it would get as big as it got. So instead of breaking it and doing it properly, you're just constantly putting patches on it. And that's why the healthcare system is broken. That's why Medicare is an issue. That's why Social Security is an issue. All of these things because it wasn't set up for what it's being used for or the way that things have evolved now. Right. And you weren't going to be able to put things in the Constitution to stop somebody from knocking out their 30th floor hotel room window in Las Vegas and gunning down 50 people who just wanted to listen to country music. Like none of that were issues that were going to be addressed in the beginning of our country. And this isn't me or you saying that like, Oh, we're, we're extreme liberal progressives who want to see the whole thing thrown out and built um, from scratch. It's just saying like, you should at least possess the ability to look back on the founding of our country honestly and say that those people who founded the country, if you cornered every single one of them, or you don't even have to go back in time and corner them, you can just read the stuff they wrote. Every single one of them walked away from the founding of our country saying, I would have done it differently. Yes. But we did it together. Yes. They all thought it was flawed. Yep. They and- fucking hated it. But it was what worked together. At the time. So, like, what are you going to call our um, our, our founders uh, purveyors of cancel culture? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they did at the time. And you do have to admit George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, uh, William Harrison, John Tyler, James Polk, Zachary Taylor, Andrew Johnson and Ulysses S. Grant all owned slaves. Like it's like you you can't pretend like this didn't happen. And it doesn't mean that the country is not still a great country. It just means that you did some bullshit to get it started. And you just got to admit it. And not not only that, that even the people who did something good, like even the people that helped this country get away from slavery. Even those people then turned around and hunted down the Indians on the plains so that they could practice manifest destiny, move people west. Yep. Like yep. It, every single bit of it. You don't have to feel guilty. You didn't do it. 
but you should at least look at it and be like, okay, there's some like, how is it that people can watch the show Breaking Bad and understand that like, oh, it was good when he was a history teacher, but now he sells drugs. Yeah. Like, no, no, he taught history. Therefore, he could never be a drug dealer. You can't say that he's a bad guy because he could have been making millions working for a pharmaceutical company, but he turned that down so that he could affect today's youth and be a history teacher. Therefore, we're going to ignore everything else that happened after that. Exactly. And he is not a flawed character. Like, no, we as Americans have to live in the tension of the good and the bad that was done and try to better it on our own. We have that opportunity. The idea that you would ignore it is absurd. 100 percent. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, the next thing up, it is time for the best of social media. Now, 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 now. here's the best of social media. The best of social media where we literally tell you, show you the best of social media. First up, we've already talked about her, but Kim Kardashian and her ex-husband, or at least soon-to-be ex-husband, Kanye West. They have, uh, Ralph pointed out that they've been dressing a little bit differently since they broke up. And the first thing is you have Kanye West in a picture with, like, he looks like he stole Missy Elliott's outfit from, uh, <laughs> uh, what's that I Can't Stand the Rain video. Yeah. And he looks... He looks like he's cutting weight for a for for a high school wrestling match. Yes, he looks like he has a inflated tra- plastic bag on. He's got a um, Rey Mysterio mask on, um, and he's wearing Yeezy slides with Nike socks. Even though he's with Adidas now, but he still has a wedding ring on, Ralph. Still has a wedding ring on, and not only is he wearing Nike socks, he's wearing them sideways. <laughs> so, like, the heel is on the side. The Nike logo is out front. <laughs> yeah. 
Bruh. And Kim Kardashian is wearing hats. And here I'm like, she's standing with Donatella Versace and some dude. I don't know who he is. Um, and I'm like, I don't know if Donatella approves of that of that hat. So and Kim has been photographed in multiple hats. And Eating Ralph spaghetti. is like, <laughs> I what the hell is going on with these people? I know. Why is Kim Kardashian dressing like me? Why does why does Kanye have his socks on sideways, mismatching brands like I do? Yeah, and like you know, I do like that whole tablet thing of like, oh, celebrities, they're just like me. But there are parts of me that you shouldn't be like. <laughs> One of which is the way I dress. All right. Uh, here's the next thing. The best of social media. One one of one of Ralph's friends made the best of social media today. Trump Kennedy 2021. What, what, what does that shirt mean? I think that JFK Jr. is still alive. The guy who died in the plane crash in the late 90s? think he's still alive. I do. And he's he's going to come back and be president with Trump in, this year? I hope so. But how would Trump become president this year? There would be a new election? There's a lot of things I think have happened and there's some things I think I know and a lot of things I don't. Okay. And one thing you you do know is John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive? That's what I believe. Okay. Do you, want to bet, do you want to bet on it? I'll bet $100 that JFK Jr. doesn't come back from the dead. To, to do. But I don't think he's dead. I, oh, okay. I, I I'll, I bet, I I'll bet $100 that he is he's not alive. But I, I you bet 100 yeah. Okay. You got it. Great. Okay. Sweet. And that's from At The Good Liars. What's your response to that, Ralph? Where do you, where do you start with that? So Trump Kennedy 2021. First thing is there's no 2021 election. <laughs> Second thing is one of them is dead. Like is do 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 people still think Tupac's alive or do they or do they think he's dead? I don't think people are as out there about it as they as they used to be. <laughs> I, have, I have such a bad take on the Tupac thing. I don't know if I should share it. Come on, go uh, on, Ralph. Go go ahead and share it, buddy. Okay, so I think that the conspiratorial nature around Tupac still potentially being alive was replaced by the um, sort of social justice culture of wanting to be able to rally around the fact that his murder's never been solved. So, like, you can't be mad that his murder was never solved and think he's alive at the same time. (laughs) So I think that people had to choose. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> ah, this is definitely going on one of the clips, bro. Ah! <laughs> like, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, is that racist? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't, it just feels like such a poor, but I've, I've thought that for a really long time. I'm like, you know, I had a lot of people in my life who, who used to tell me that Tupac is still alive. And now they're saying like, Tupac is proof that the police don't care. Yeah, because they um, didn't even solve his murder. You're, you're right. They did have to choose. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Elvis, so Elvis, Tupac, and Kennedy, we need to see the bodies. Um, well, I think there's like pictures of all three of them dead on the internet, like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But no, those were actors. After Jimmy I Kennedy. appreciate it. I appreciate when people are um, um, this sold out for something that nonsensical because that's, you know, it's different when you're driving down the road and there's um, 
a small pothole, right? And you don't see it in time and you blow your tire up on the freeway. Um, but if there's like a gigantic pothole and you could see it from a long way away, then you, you, you can avoid it. And so any, any they movement, accelerate to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, any movement, it just lets me know of like, Oh, I, I can't even like get behind part of this because they think a guy that's been dead for over 20 years is um, not only alive, but going to be vice president in a, an act uh, that has never before been performed, nor is it legal, <laughs> of reinstating a past president. Um, Bruh. Bruh. Th- that's incredible. Uh, the, the last thing for the best of social media is Ralph is Ralph has probably already bought tickets for the Kurt Warner movie. Kurt Warner, oh, uh, the Kurt Warner movie has not, it clearly didn't get any clearances from the NFL. Um, from Nike, from uh, Wilson, who makes the balls, anything, because here's the preview of American Under. This is an arena for gladiators. Warner steps into it. The Warriors who want a second chance. When I was a kid watching Kurt Warner play football, everybody knew the story. He was working at a supermarket. And then plays arena football. Then gets in the NFL. Welcome to the Rams. He wins the freaking Super Bowl. I've had so many people tell me, your story is is made for Hollywood. It's made for the big screen. It really gives people hope. He's come from nothing. He's tried. He's failed. He's picked himself back up again. And eventually he actually does succeed at getting his dream. You go out there and you show the world what I've known all along. It's about relationship. It's about real life. He is a champion, but he was. So are you in on the Kurt Warner movie? I know you bought your tickets already. (sighs) I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the Kurt Warner movie. Um, Kurt Warner was uh, very important to a lot of people in my life at the time. Is this a Christian indie film or is this just a regular? Here's the deal. They're kind marketing it in that way but the one thing that I've, I've i've noticed about kurt warner you probably noticed this too because you're playing around the same time i watched you play against him um and it's that he got to a point where i think he became very uncomfortable with the way he was being marketed yeah um something that i don't think tim tebow ever pushed back on correct um It, for a while, it was almost like it got kind of out of his control as far as like people just saying like, oh, you need to root for this guy because not only did he bag groceries, not only did he He's play a Christian. Yes. Yes. And I think he was living his faith in a way that he was very unashamed of who he was at the time. But I always felt like as he watched it get further and further out of his grasp and the more and more he became public and the more and more kids he had and, 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 and everything like that, I always saw him in every interview try to steer the shit back toward like, you know, like, hey, I'm just a guy, yeah, you know, and I really appreciated that about him because that can be really tough. And that that's a place that I came from. You know, I, that was about the time that I converted and then the Christian music industry blew up and I was part of that for a time. I watched the way that people would get marketed and I watched the craving that was just out there for these 
either people who were Christians to be in Hollywood or in athletics, primarily white Christians to be in Hollywood or, or athletics. Um, because for some reason there was not a believability about the outward faith of black athletes. Um, guys like Aeneas Williams, who yeah. are Randall Cunningham, who's an actual pastor Aeneas Williams, an actual pastor. Like they didn't get the same level of marketability that guys like Kurt Warner and Tim Tebow did. And so, um, but anyway, the, I, I always appreciated him kind of pushing back on it. And I figured once they started making this movie, I think it's going to be inspirational, but I don't think it's going to seek to save the lost, if you know what yes, I'm saying. I, I would agree with that. And I'm all in on it as well. Um, you guys, that is Reister wrong for the day. I'm George Reister. He is Ralph Amsden. Of course, you can hit us up. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text 818-293-7547. Peace out. Catch you guys on Friday.